Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kim Rains. Kim lives in Renton, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. She is a registered nurse, and she works in a hospital in Seattle at the Joint Replacement Program. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Jen. Well, thanks. I'm so glad to have you here. And also, Kim is a moderator in my Facebook community. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, that has been really fun. It's really nice to see how things work behind the scene of Facebook, for sure. (laughs) It's different when you're back there watching everything. And you you see everything that goes on in the group, not just (laughs) what's happening. Even if you're a member of the group, it's impossible to see everything that goes on in the feed because it happens so fast. There's so much activity. But I want to thank you for the work that you do and the members that don't understand how much work goes into it. And it's really a labor of love. 
It is. It really is. I could not do it alone. I know. I, I can't imagine you doing it alone. <laughs> it would be like the Wild West. I don't know. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> you know, because we hit 260,000 members recently. So, yes. and that we're recording this in June. So, who knows how many members there will be by the time the episode comes out in oh, September. Who knows? It seems like I go through and accept at least 10 or 12 people every other day. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's just you, right? I, mean, I know that's just me. That's yeah, not all the other just, moderators. Mm-hmm, we have people. 60, 60 moderators and it yeah. just, I'm so grateful for all the moderators. So moderators that are listening, I'm giving you a shout out. Thank you. And to Kim, <laughs> who's here with us now, because it's, it's, a, it really is, like I said, a labor of love and I couldn't do it on my own. It's just, it's overwhelming. But I do, I don't know if I've shared this on the, the podcast yet, but I'm now having Facebook moderating dreams like every night. Oh no. Like, you know how you're half asleep and you're kind of dreaming and you're, but you're a little bit awake <laughs> yes. and you're aware. Like I'm now having the dreams where I'm like approving posts and commenting on them. I'm like, how should I comment on this? I'm like, wait, I'm asleep. This is not real. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't started dreaming about Facebook no, posts yet, I have haven't you? haven't yet. <laughs> Well, I hope you don't. <laughs> but it's funny. Like last night, I remember I, I woke up thinking about it. And I'm like, no, these are not real posts. This is imaginary. You're asleep. <laughs> I do know exactly what you're thinking, though, because I do the same thing when I have a problem or an issue I'm trying to work mm-hmm. out. I'll end up thinking about it when I'm sleeping and wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, that's the answer. That's that's, yeah. that's, what, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, well, so. it, it it's your mind is always thinking, you know, working in behind the scenes, even when you're asleep, it's going yes. through those issues. Yeah. Yes. So, Kim, I'd like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I probably like most people probably start off with a little bit of background. I've pretty much always been overweight, even when I was a kid. The last time I ever remember not being overweight was like kindergarten. And that summer after kindergarten, this is really funny, that summer after kindergarten, I had my tonsils out and because I was kind of always a sickly child. And after I had my tonsils out, it was really weird. I started gaining weight. That's so interesting. I know. And I even remember in my teenage years, I used to tell people, oh, yeah, I'm overweight because I had my tonsils out. And I just think, how stupid was that? Well, it, it was a correlation. You know, did it set off something in your body? Maybe you had some really strong antibiotics. Maybe that changed your gut microbiome. I, mean, I know that's, that's not what I was far-fetched. Thinking. I know. Really? And I did have a lot of ear infections, so I probably did have a lot of antibiotics. And, you know, back then, you went to the doctor for a cold and they gave you an antibiotic. Right. Even in elementary school, I remember, I think it was in sixth grade. I don't remember what kind of diet. I probably was put on, but I remember going to the nurse's office and weighing in, Oh, you know, at least once a week. So the nurse was like supervising your weight? Not, yeah, at the school, yes. <laughs> That's awful. I can't I think know. of anything worse I than know. that. <laughs> and I just, I kind of was going through some notes to kind of remember things to say, you know, other things like remembering my mom, we used to have to go to the chubby section in Sears to buy my clothes. I don't remember any of my weights in elementary school, but when I did get to high school, then I was still, I think my weight ran pretty much like 150 to 160 when I was in high school and I'm five foot four. So that was kind of heavy for at least teenage girls anyway. You know, I did uh, join the swim team, so I exercised a lot, which I think kind of kept me from gaining any more weight. But after I graduated from high school, I actually had my wisdom teeth out. And I think that was probably my first time at fasting because I had some complications afterwards and I didn't eat very well for a couple weeks and I dropped like 
10 pounds. I, was, I know I went down to like 140. Did you have those dry sockets? Yeah, I that what you... think so. I couldn't open my jaw. It hurt. Yeah, it I had terrible. that same problem. It was awful. Yes. And then at that time, that's also when I started nursing school. So I was really busy in nursing school with classes and clinics. And I pretty much, my weight pretty much stabilized and kind of stayed about there during that time, which is still kind of overweight for my height. Then, of course, got married, had kids, you know, and you're pregnant. I think my highest weight was like 220 with a pregnancy. And over the last probably, so I'm going to be 61 this July. So for the last 30 years, I think my weight has ranged anywhere from, you know, my highest weight was 239 to my lowest. I think a couple of years ago, I kind of got down to 190. It's been a, a roller coaster of up and down, but not very much down. You never got no, much below. No, and you know, my go-to diets was pretty much Weight Watchers, you know, in my 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, you know, as many times as I joined and went, I never once got the goal. Never once. Never once. Never once. And what was your Weight Watchers goal? Do you remember that? I'm kind of thinking it was like 130. I think whatever the lowest you could be for 5'4". Okay. Or the highest you could be for to be a healthy four, weight to be yeah. a healthy weight, which I think is like one thirty five. I think back to all those diets that I would try over and over again. You know, really, the only diet that ever worked for me was, as far as like a diet that was like what you ate. It was low fat, the low fat mm-hmm. of the early nineties. My oh. body responded really well to that. But I was just thinking about this recently. I never tried it again. All those years that I was struggling, right. I kept trying to do you know the Atkins things, diet. Right. <laughs> Somehow, I thought the Atkins diet was going to work this time, and it never did, not one time. But I would try it over and over again. And when we look back, you know, all those decades of Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. going back to it for you and for me, going trying to go back to low carb, because it just sounded like what, what would work. Right. And it never did, but I kept trying it. Right. And I tried other things kind of in the meantime. I think I did like Metafast one time where you ordered the, the stuff shakes. offline and shakes and drank it. Even went, my hospital had a weight loss clinic that I went to, and that was torturous because you had to write everything down, figure out how many carbs you ate, how much protein you ate, how much you exercised during the day. <laughs> and I mean, how long can you keep that stuff up? Did, they wanted you to treat it like a math equation of calories in, calories out. Oh, my God. That, was, that yes, was their plan. Exactly. I think I posted my book in the Delay, Don't Deny Fasting group, and it was just like I was flipping through it, and I just like, oh, my God, that was torture. It really was. You know, thinking that we could control the body, you know, to that degree is also mm-hmm. a little crazy. But we all tried it. We all tried to micromanage what our bodies were doing. You know, we were trying to control the calories in and the calories out, but that's not how it works because even calories in is flawed when we start looking at, you know, the way our bodies use the calories from different foods differently. Whether it's raw almonds versus almond butter, you're not going to use them the same way, even though they're equivalent. Did they also give you any kind of like diet pills at that hospital program? You know, I kind of think they did. And then they also had their own food they kind of wanted you to use and buy and I think their diet was kind of like, if I remember right, it was more high protein, kind of lower carb at that I time. I did one of those. There were like these chips that you could eat. They were like protein chips. Was mm-hmm. it kind of like that? Like in a little yeah, bag? Yeah, I, I remember them having like protein bars and stuff mm-hmm. and to drink too. So but gross. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, you delicious. know, I wish I would have found my weight. I couldn't find, flip through that book and I'm like, my weight wasn't anywhere in there. And I'm like, dang it. So you don't remember how you did with the weight? No, I, no. I think I was around 200 pounds at that time. Okay. But I'm just kind of thinking that's where I was at mm-hmm. that time. When was that? Like how long ago was that, that program? I'm thinking 2000. Okay, right around. I'm pretty sure it was 2000. 2000 seems pretty recent. Till we think back now, it's been 20 years. I know. (laughs) Y'all look back. I have some jeans from right around 2000 (laughs) that I had from the Gap. Yes. And I'm like, you know, these weren't that old. I'm like, wait, that was 20 years ago. (laughs) I know, right? Pretty old. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you just kept trying all these different things, and nothing was working. Right. Nothing ever Mm -hmm. worked. You know, my mom was always a little bit overweight. And she was, that's where I think I got the Weight Watchers thing. She was on the first diet I ever remember was Weight Watchers, where she had to eat liver once a week and fish like three times a week and like that. So, you know, I was, oh, yeah, I kind of grew up with her always trying to diet and lose weight. You know, at one point in time, I think they, they did a low fat. She did a low fat, high carb diet. How'd she do on that one? Do you remember? I don't remember. I just remember her having these muffins that she could eat. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That sounds good. Well, I, when I did the low-fat diet, looking back at it, I got to the skinniest I ever was. I was like 118 pounds, and I'm 5'5". Five, five. Mm-hmm. I was really, really skinny, but I was eating just junk food. I mean, all that low-fat junk food, right. it was gross. <laughs> it wasn't real food. I wasn't <laughs> no, eating wasn't. any real food. You know, I think you're supposed to, if you really want to follow a high-quality, right. low-fat way of eating, you would be like whole food, plant-based. Right. Eat, eat real, real food. food. Yeah. Right. That's eat not what food. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and no wonder I didn't want to go back to that because it was just disgusting. It yes. was like chemical concoctions. Yes, of nothing weirdness. real there. No. no, a whole box of snack wells with right. some fat-free mayonnaise on my fat. Fr- anyway, no, right. <laughs> I will never do that again. <laughs> the fake food is out. Right. <laughs> so you watched your mom struggle. Yes, then. yes, yeah. And there's a lot of diabetes on my mom's side of the family. That's one of the things that really kind of really jump-started me this last time when I wanted to lose weight. Actually, how I discovered IF was I was, I do CrossFit, and that's another thing. You can't exercise your way out of being heavy. (laughs) I can lift a lot of weight, but I figured I was exercising a lot so I could eat whatever I wanted. Well, that doesn't work either. So I was at the gym one day, and there was one of the guys there, and they were talking and I heard the guy say, yeah, I've lost some weight, and I don't eat till like after two in the afternoon. And the guy goes, you don't eat all day? And he goes, no, I don't eat till like two, between two and six. You know, I go home and I have a, or I have a snack and then I have dinner. And I'm thinking, he doesn't eat all day? <laughs> How does he work out and doesn't eat yeah. until he goes How's home? How's he doing CrossFit? I know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a couple of days later, I started thinking and kind of Googling IF because my mom pretty much has had problems with her diabetes and she's been in her 60s and she's going to be 84. And so she's having a lot of eye problems. I have to take her to the retinologist about every six months and it's because of her diabetes. And so, you know, I just have been thinking, I really don't want to be at that stage. I know already my A1C was, I think 2012, it was like six. And the last time I had it checked before I started IF, it was like 5.8. So I knew I really needed to work on things and get it down. So I started researching IF. And, of course, I came across Dr. Fung's book first and read the obesity code. And then... And what year was this? When did you... When was oh, this that you... February 2019. 2019. Yep. Okay. 
I came across your book and the Facebook group and joined it, ordered your book, got to clean fasting. It did take me a little bit to get the cream and the stevia out of my coffee, but I did it within about a week. Good. Me too. I mean, you know, I've, I, me too. I didn't understand it was so important until I read right. the obesity code. And then I'm like, oop. Yeah. I think I was like, oh God. So, but yeah, I managed to do it. One day I just said, I'm done. Nothing more in the coffee. So February 19th till... Today, I've been fasting almost every day. I mean, sometimes on vacation, it's been more of a 16-hour fast, but most of the time, it's 20 hours. I have tried some ADF. and pretty much my eating window now. I found midday works the best. Okay. I was a little frustrated. I had lost 30 pounds, and I went to my doctor, and, her, and she did all the blood tests. I'm like, yes, my A1C is going to be down it came back at 5.8. I was so disappointed. And how long had you been doing IF at that point? February to October. Okay. okay. So, but you know, I kind of was thinking, you know, I've been overweight for a long time. My weight's been up and down for a long time. So I did go ahead and get a glucose meter and start checking my blood sugar and just noticed that in the evening time when I ate, my blood sugar was a lot higher than if I ate the same meal in the middle of the day. That's good, much. good data to have. Yes. So yeah. this is my journey of one. This is how yeah. I did it. <laughs> so after that, then I started, I usually will have a snack around noon and then kind of have a bigger meal, like between two and three. See, this is really, really good info. And I want to break that down for a minute because, you know, there's a lot of theories about when is, you know, the best time right. to have your eating window based on, you know, when you might be more responsive to, mm-hmm. you know, insulin or you know, when your glucose will go up the least. But a lot of it is theoretical based on, you know, a study that they did with early time restricted feeding compared to all day eating. And we know that early time restricted feeding would be better than all day eating. Right. <laughs> they then take that study and say, oh, that means we should all have an early eating window, which that's not what that study actually showed. It didn't compare those eating windows. But you have have done study of one on yourself, and you see that you have a lower blood glucose spike when you eat midday right. compared to when you eat later. And, and that's actually what we want. We want to have a lower blood glucose spike I explained this in Fast Feast Repeat, thinking like a roller coaster, you know, mm-hmm. the big scary roller coasters with the big peaks and valleys. That's not what we want. What we want is a cute little kid roller coaster with a little gentle up and down, up and down. You don't want your blood glucose to be fluctuating wildly. That's right. not, not a good sign of health. I love that you did that. I've talked about this a zillion times, and I've still never done it. I would love to have one of those blood glucose meters. Do you have the continual blood glucose no, monitor? I just have okay, the finger you just poke. Do the prick. Okay. Yes. I want the continual blood glucose oh. monitor. I want to play with that. But you I have know. to have a prescription to get yes. one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would love to have one of those just so I could watch, like, if I ate pasta, how high would it go or any kind of bread. I kind of was doing that for a while just to kind of gauge to see what foods were kind of making it go higher. But then I just found that if I really ate more in the middle of the day, then I could pretty much eat what I wanted without it spiking too bad. Well, that's that's good information. I would love to know how I respond to different foods. Like you said, have you seen that video that I, I've shared and I have it in Feast Without Fear? What is the best diet for humans? Dr. Aaron Segal. I think I have watched parts of that. Yeah. He talks about had the research that they're doing that, you know, one person's blood glucose right. goes up from a food, but someone right. else's doesn't. Same food. 
instead of the glycemic index being a universal thing, we all have like our own individual exactly glycemic yes. index. That's why I want right. to test it. Yes. That's what I think would be fun. And then that's why I was thinking that since my A1C didn't really drop during that time range, I'm like, I need to tweak it. I need to do something a little different. And though my my weight was kind of steadily pretty much one pound a week during that time, and then kind of after the first of the year, it's slowed. And so that's when I kind of tried to do like four and three uh, for a couple weeks. And then kind of COVID hit and too much stress. And so I just went back to one, my one meal a day in the middle of the day. And currently right now I'm tweaking it a little bit. I've really just cut out any processed carbs, just kind of keeping it protein, vegetables, and some moderate fat. I bet you feel great after you eat that meal. Yeah. And things are starting to move again. I'm almost, almost ready to break one the 180s and get into the 170s. Ooh, so, that's exciting. I know. So it was like, um, yeah, so things are starting to go. So how much weight have you lost since start? You've, you're 16 months in, if I did the math correctly, based right. on the day of recording. And so when you started IF, where were you it at that time? It was like 218. Okay. And then I am down to like this morning I was 181. So, so you're almost 50 pounds down. Yeah, almost. That's really almost. great. Yeah. yeah. And I've kind of played around at what my goal weight should be. I don't know that I'm ever going to get down to 130. So I think my first goal weight, if I can get into the 160s and then to the 150s, I'll see where I am. <laughs> Some lady at work, I was telling her, oh, I was going to get my A1C check. And I said, because I lost like 40 pounds or whatever. And, and I said, I have like 30 more pounds to lose. And she goes, what? <laughs> you'll be just blown away if you lose 30 more pounds. I'm like, and then I tell her like, hey, I weigh 180 right now. That is not a healthy weight. <laughs> if people just don't, it's hard to know. You know, we sometimes hear from people after they've lost weight. Like, you know, let's say you did lose 30 more pounds and, and she might say to you, you've lost too much weight. But on the scale, that's still not the low weight for your height, right? right? I mean, it's right. still, I mean, I was watching something on on TV some TV show and the person was like this big around, like so tiny. Right. We've gotten bigger as a society. And so we don't realize right. that that's happened. Right. I think people see people that are bigger and feel like that's a normal weight rather than what they should be. It's become the new normal. So right. when we first lose the weight, like I, when I first got down to the goal weight that I had initially set, which was 75 pounds down to be 135 pounds, this was in 2015, my husband said, don't lose any more weight. You're going to be too skinny. Mm-hmm. And But I, I did go on to lose more weight after that. And he does not think I'm too skinny. <laughs> but it was a shock to him. Right. You know, after seeing me, right. you know, 75 pounds heavier, he was like, whoa, <laughs> you're really, <laughs> you've changed a lot. They're used to seeing you the other way. Mm-hmm. So people have to get used to it. So we, we've heard people talk in the group sometimes. They'll say, you know, my family, my friends, my coworkers mm-hmm. say I'm getting too skinny. Mm-hmm. But they're really, they're still, you know, not at even a low BMI for their height. They're still right. like maybe even, you know, on the upper side of that. It's just a, getting that, you know, the, people have to learn to see you differently as they get used to the new you. Right. And sometimes... You may be skinny, but you can still have that fat around your middle. And that's kind of where some of my weight is still. It's like, it's funny, our gym, we do those, you can get one of those spec scans where they scan your whole body. And it was really nice to kind of 
see how much muscle versus fat I have. And that kind of helped me figure out what maybe my goal weight can kind of be. And then also it was really nice. They tell you how much visceral fat you have. I think you have to be like under three and that's, that's a good number. The closer to one you are, the better. And mine was under three. And so I'm like, oh, good. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Oh, good. Have you been noticing the changes? Like, have you had it periodically? I've only had one. And so I'm hoping maybe in another 10 pounds to have another one to see how things are moving and how things are changing. The only thing is my husband had one and he's kind of a, he has skinny legs and arms, not really skinny, but he's slender, but he has a belly and he had more visceral fat than I did. Yeah, well, I'm not saying yay to him. No, Sorry, I know. hubby. I know. Sorry. <laughs> My yay yeah. is for you. Right, exactly. So I told him, like, see, you need... So he, he's done fasting. I got him on the bandwagon. Oh, that's awesome. About two years ago, he had some kind of heart event. We still don't know what happened. His blood pressure kind of went up high. All the tests he had afterwards were negative for everything. So the cardiologist put him on Lipitor and told him he needed to lose 20 pounds. He kind of been fooling around trying to lose some weight, but really wasn't doing it. So when I started fasting after I'd lost some weight, I said, Hey, you really need to do this. It really works. And not only for losing weight for a lot of other health reasons, since we really don't know what caused your issue, you know, two years ago. So he says, okay, he does more like your husband. He kind of does lunch and dinner and he lost his 20 pounds. Fabulous. When did he start? Oh, so I started in February. He probably started in the summer after that. And he's pretty much kept it off. He feels like he he was 220 
and now he's down to 200 pounds, but he's like six foot. So he still kind of has a little bell. He still thinks he could lose about 10 more pounds, but he's not really working really hard at it right now. But he still, he still just pretty much eats the two meals a day. And it'll probably continue to change over time slowly. One thing about the visceral fat, when I was researching for Fast Feast Repeat, I saw some great research about how fasting targets our visceral mm-hmm. fat preferentially. So losing that dangerous visceral fat is a great thing to do because that's the unhealthiest kind of fat. Right, exactly. So your waist measurement, I'm sure, has gone way down. Yes, I'm, I'm down. I started at, I think it was like between a fort. 14, maybe 16, and now I'm down to size 10 in my awesome. jeans that I'm wearing. So, you know, I know you always say a goal size, and so I was thinking if I get to a six, I'd be happy. I've never, I've never in my life wore size 10 jeans, so I'm kind of happy right here. You That's know? so exciting. It, I mean, it is because, and it, when you buy those first eights, you're going to be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just that single digit, you know, right? <laughs> having a single digit instead of the double digit right. is just very, very emotionally pleasing. You know, I can remember that day. It is, uh, though I, I really just feel comfortable in my clothes these days. It's like you can pull anything out of my closet. In fact, I keep having to go through and pulling out. Oh, this is too big. So I make a pile of the shirts I really like. And my mom sews, so I take them over to her house. I'm like, can you just take them in on the sides so they're not so big anymore? Because, I mean, they're my favorite. If you love the shirt. Yeah. My husband actually did that. You know, when he started intermittent fasting, he did not need to lose weight. Right. And, I mean, he probably weighs like 145 or some crazy low number. He's like (laughs) 5'11". He claims to be six feet, but I think he's (laughs) 5'11". But he's really lanky. Mm -hmm. But he had some shirts that he loved, and he took them to a seamstress locally, and she took them in on the sides for him so he could still wear. I mean, because he's really, like, very slim Mm -hmm. fit. I mean, that's his body. He's, like, very slim and lanky. But, yeah. He got a lot of his shirts altered, but he can't find things that fit him. So Yeah, that's hard. That's kind of like my son. My son is 5'7". Mm-hmm. Anyways, about 140. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Both of our sons are lean and lanky yes, too. Yes. So it's just it's that's just the way they're built. Yes, so. they are. <laughs> Have you ever had your insulin levels tested? Oh, so yeah, I just the last time when I went to my doctor when my A1C was still five point eight, I asked her to check an insulin level as well. It's funny you have to ask your doctors for these things. I sometimes. know. I just had mine done for the first time ever. So that's why I was so, curious. At that time it was sixteen. Okay. Which they say anything over nineteen is bad. But I kind of listened to some other podcasts where people talk about insulin levels and really they feel it should be like eight or lower if you want to be healthy. So when I had my A1C check this last time, it was down to 5.5. That's awesome. So yay, no more pre-diabetic. Wow. So your A1C is down to 5.5. Yep, down to 5. And your insulin level is down? Yes, it's six. Ooh, that's fabulous. That really is fabulous. You know, there was somebody in the Facebook group over the weekend that was talking about her struggle. She's having a lot of struggle losing the weight. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned in the conversation that her insulin level was 25. <gasps> yeah. And so if you've got hyperinsulinemia, which is very high levels of insulin, right. your body is not going to be tapping into your stored fat. Right. So when your insulin level was 16... You were having a very hard time tapping into your stored right. fat for fuel. Now that it is six, yes, that's just remarkable. My husband and I both had ours done recently. His was like a two point something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh 
he's never struggled with his right. weight. But, I mean, think about it. His insulin is super-duper crazy low. Right. Somebody might even say that's too low, but he can't, he's never been able to gain weight. Even when he tried to gain weight as a, as a teenager, he tried to, to gain weight, and he could not. Right. But he has low, naturally, no low levels of insulin. So... Those of us like like me and like you who have, have had more struggle mm-hmm. with weight, you know, we probably naturally have higher levels right. of insulin, just naturally. And so that's why fasting is so essential for us mm-hmm. as part of our, you know, weight loss, weight right. maintenance protocol, because nothing gets your insulin down more than fasting. Right. It's just, and there was times probably why in the past I couldn't lose weight because my insulin was probably high and the doctors don't necessarily always check that. I never heard of a fasting insulin level until some podcast I was listening to. Maybe it was yours and Melanie's or, but I thought I'm having the doctor check that because it's I like, mean, it was easy. It was, you know, they just, they were able to run it. Right. I mean, they, they ran, ran all just this like other blood all work. The they just, yep. Yeah. They had the same blood. They're going yep. to use it for that. Yes. You know, I think we should all ask for it if we can, because right. that will give you, uh, that will give you some very important right. information. If you're struggling and you get your fasting insulin test done, and it's 25, I mean, right. or, you know, 16 right. or 10. And you're like, okay, there we go. I've got to get my insulin down. And I had actually read some, I don't know if I read some studies or if I heard it on a podcast that they were saying that your fasting insulin actually will go be up higher before it will show with your A1C. Interesting. So that people... That makes sense. We'll have that insulin in their bodies running high before their A1C starts to creep up and show that they're pre-diabetic. When you think about the, the science of insulin resistance, insulin starts to become, you need more. Mm-hmm. Your body is resistant mm-hmm. to the insulin. So you need more insulin, more insulin. Your body keeps cranking it out to do the work because you're insulin resistant. So you need more insulin to do the job. And so then, because insulin is not doing its job, that's when your blood glucose starts to go up. So it makes sense that that would lag. Yeah, yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it was yeah. really interesting. I don't know, remember where I heard it, but I thought, well, that surely makes a lot of sense. Well, it would be fabulous for all of us to just have that data and have that information. Right. One of our fabulous group members in the advanced group, she has a doctor that her name's Lori. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lori if she's listening. <laughs> but she's been checking her fasting insulin levels all along and watching them come down. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Her doctor's been, you know, we'll, we'll order them for her when she wants them. Right. So, because not everybody, you know, can just have access to that information. But no. And the doctors are proactive, or I don't know if they're always listening to the newest, latest stuff. I know when my A1C was 5.8, she put me on metformin, which I couldn't take. It caused me so much gastric upset that I just, I told her I cannot take this. So, and that was before I started fasting. And right. she goes, well, we can try some other things. And so I think she did put me on a pill that was supposed to curb my appetite. I can't remember the name of it. What, like Fentermine? No, was it, it wasn't that. It was, okay. it was, well, wasn't Fentermine the one that was bad on the heart? Well, the, the thing that was bad on the heart was the combination. Oh, the combination. Fen, yeah. They put Fentermine with something else. I never did that. I, I was prescribed Fentermine by a doctor, but never the Fen-Fen combination. Right. So it could have been the Fentermine because I remember her saying it would just suppress your appetite and I just felt it never did. Yeah. It suppressed mine. I, yeah, I had it doctor prescribed for on and off for a few years and 
it made me just not even want to eat but i also felt like i was like on like totally on drugs yes yeah it, so. it kind of made me feel kind of hyper and kind of yeah dry mouth i think at the same yeah <laughs> i quit i was like I, this is really bad i could just tell it was bad for me and that was when my struggle with obesity really took off was after those years of using the diet pills right. i think it ruined my metabolism because i literally could just go without eating i mean just it was crazy as long as i took it no interest oh. in food See, I didn't find that very much with it. And, okay. and I'm not very well, good My at... brain liked it <laughs> in a bad way. Oh, like, no. you know, some people's brains like heroin. My brain right. liked those diet pills. So I was like, no, I just can't use those. <laughs> Plus, I'm not a very good pill person. So, I mean, I do have a low thyroid. I was diagnosed like with Hashimoto's. So I take my thyroid every day. I haven't noticed they haven't had to decrease my thyroid medicine yet. But at, I'm due to go get it checked. So Okay, well, that'll be interesting to yeah. see because we do hear a lot of people, right. especially with an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. like Hashimoto's, that fasting will actually help with right. that right. over time. So we'll you don't know yet, but maybe it will. But we do hear that from Hashimoto's sufferers. Anything autoimmune related, fasting can, can show benefits long term. Right. But it takes time. It does take time. Just like the A1C dropping, I, it took another eight months before it dropped to go from five eight to five five to five five yeah and there is like i said my mom is type 2 diabetic on her dad's side of the family there was like five brothers and almost all of them had type 2 diabetes but that was back when they put people on insulin right but several of them were overweight and so I feel like I have a lot of genetics <laughs> mm-hmm. that kind of predispose me for that, too, as well. Like, I bet you're, that side of your family, probably if everyone was tested, they all had just high levels of, of oh. insulin. That's just a natural thing yes. that they have. And, yes. you know, we've we've all just internalized that we're weak or that there's something wrong with us, you know. Right. And we're, we're working against this biological thing that's going on. Right, Exactly. It's not our fault. No. That's, that's the, the thing. And even someone who's struggling and, and not finding the weight loss that they want and they don't know why, you know, it's not that intermittent fasting is failing you. It's that you just still haven't figured out what that piece of the puzzle is. Right. And that was kind of like me with the, the insulin and just mm-hmm. needing the time to fix mm-hmm. what was the matter in my body. I just needing that time to heal. Time to heal. Yep. That's huge. So you, you experimented with some ADF, the 4-3 variety. Yes. <laughs> when were you doing um, that? That was January. Because in December, I had lost, you know, I don't know, was it 25 pounds by December, 30-ish. And I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm still fasting, but I'm just going to enjoy the parties, the times that we're having here. So I really didn't lose any weight in December. Right. So January said, okay, we're going to like, start things moving again. And 80, I tried the, it was like, I fasted from Sunday till two. So my down days were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And after about two or three weeks of it, I was just felt like I was hungry all the time on my down days. And then I was kind of pushing through in February when I think it was towards the end of February is when um, we had to shut down part of the right. hospital stay home yeah well yeah. I didn't stay home I had to go to work okay oh <laughs> you're one of those I'm, essential I'm one of those. people <laughs> no I wasn't doing my normal job at right. work I was helping my boss we were kind of getting tasked with other things to help run the hospital during that time 
So it was a little bit stressful just because I wasn't doing my normal job. Just finally, so March 13th was the last time we did any surgeries at my hospital. Oh, gosh. And we didn't start again up till May 18th with elective surgeries, that is. Right. So you weren't doing that joint joint no, replacement. No, and I'm still stuff, not. Yeah. Okay. I'm just sending the patients the information. And we actually do have a video uh, that I can send patients. I'm doing that so I'll make sure that our joint replacement patients can get the information they need before their surgery. So Good. But they are doing them again. Yes, they are doing them Good. again. So You're just not having the in-person classes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of I miss. feel bad for all the people that had to wait for those. I that, know. That's, yeah, that was hard. It was. It was definitely a, a hard time. It was every day. I had somebody describe it to me one time. It's like during the time of COVID, we were, it's like the movie Groundhog Day. Every day we'd get up and we do kind of the same thing, but just a little bit differently. Right. You know, it was just repeat the same thing over and over. And I have to say during that whole time, I was like, I still was fasting, doing my normal fasting and I wasn't really losing, but I was thinking it was it was probably all the stress. Right. You know. It really is true. Our bodies are wired biologically again. It goes back to the biology that in times of great stress, our bodies go, oh, oh no. Yes. You know, we have cortisol going up, all sorts of different things going on. And our bodies don't really know what's happening. And so they're like, oh, we better conserve. Right. Go into conserve mode. Right. You know, and people would say, a lot of people have been struggling over this time with their weight. They would say, but I'm not stressed, they would say. I'm like, just say the word pandemic. <laughs> you know, it's even if you think you're not stressed, your subconscious brain is likely still uncertain. You know, right. you feel like it's good. You're at home, safe at home. You know, you were at work, right. but I was here safe at home, right. you know. And, but it still felt incredibly out of control. Right. You know, I was getting up, I was being at work earlier than I was normally was. So I wasn't probably getting my full night of sleep that I would normally get. Going home, thinking about all the changes we've made and changes we have to make. Sleep was probably not as good during those two months. So definitely, I would say a lot of stress. And even like, are we going to be able to get toilet paper? (laughs) 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 You know, that's that's that might sound like not a big deal. But if you're worried about that, that that type of low level stress. Right. Right. Exactly. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful shop Etsy. Get up to 30 percent off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I was just at the beach. You know, the beach is open back up, the place where we own our beach condo. And I probably could have gone the whole time since I'm an owner there. But I felt like I should stay home and not go to the beach. You know, it felt like (laughs) the right thing to do. But I went to the grocery store. And they're still, still here in June, couldn't find the right kind of toilet paper that I wanted. Oh, no. Even now, I'm like, I'll just get get it somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> I guess. It, it's just been a crazy, crazy stressful time. So you didn't do the 4-3, the ADF, starting in, was it about February? You went back to one meal a day? Yes. Towards the end of February, I went back to one meal okay. a day. And that's what I've kind of stayed on now. And actually, probably during that two-month time, I kind of... my. I went up about two pounds and I just kept going up and down and up and down. So two weeks ago, I decided, okay, I'm cutting out all processed foods. I'm just sticking to meat, vegetables, healthy fats. And now my weight has started, has started to go back down again. Good. So, good. And, and as you're getting back to normal and we're starting to realize, okay, we're all going to be okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So much uncertainty, though. That was just really, really hard, all of that. So I'm glad that your weight is, is coming back to the other direction. So Yes. It's really good. Because <laughs> it's scary to watch it go back up, right? You're like, wait, bit, is this fasting yeah. just been a lie? <laughs> I do have to say your suggestion with the daily weights and averaging at the end of each week, I don't put it in happy scale, but I have my old Fitbit tracker that I put it in and it does the same thing. It averages it. I mean, I started that way back, I think in August of last year. And if I hadn't been able to look at those weekly averages and say, oh, yes, it's going down. Oh, yes, it's going down. You know, I probably would have given up at some point in time. But I believe that it really kept me because my weight doesn't fluctuate a whole lot. But it does. I mean, it'll go up two pounds down a pound, you know, up and down a little bit. But to look at those weekly averages and say, oh, yep, well, that one's lower than last week, a little bit. So it's going down and the next week is lower than the week before. So Nobody had ever talked about that weekly averages ever before in my whole lifetime of losing weight. It makes such a big difference. I mean, the only time I ever was successful of losing the weight that was this last time when I lost it. And it was the only time, you know, because I dabbled in intermittent fasting from 2009 to 2014 and never made it stick because it didn't feel like it was working. Right. Because my scale would go up and down. And so I didn't see that it was working. Then I'm like, well, if I'm not eating and I'm not losing any weight, this is dumb. I'm just going to eat. Right. And I would gain more weight. You know, exactly. it just kept going up and up. But finally, when I started weighing daily and finding the weekly average, that's the only time I didn't quit. Right. And that's and how I, I really feel. That's how I feel yeah, about it. I, me too. It, yeah. And I will continue on. I'll probably keep doing it for a while afterwards until I feel like I'm really at my set weight. I actually found a scale. Actually, Sherry Bullock, who's one of our group moderators, found it. And she was telling me about it. It's a scale that you can get on, and it doesn't give you a number. It just shows you a, a color. Like you get on the scale – and it shows you, a, like it, it does that kind of trend for you oh. mathematically. And so the scale just gives you green. I don't know what the colors uh-huh. are, but I'm just going to make this up. Like green if you're moving in the right direction. Right. If your weekly average is still trending down. Right. But you don't have to see the numbers or the fluctuations. I'm like, that sounds like the kind of scale I could get behind. Right. Because the numbers are just so, you know, the numbers started messing with my mind, which is why I threw my scale away. But it would be interesting 
to have that feedback, because I have no feedback other than my clothes and my waist measurement. But if I had a scale I could get on and if it started turning red or whatever the color was, I'd be like, oops, wrong direction. Right, exactly. But I wouldn't have to see the number because for me, I got caught up in I needed to say this number. Right. I'm like, that that makes no sense. You know, I'm wearing size zero jeans. Why do I need to see a, a number? number? Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that could help a lot of people because it's just it's that the mind games that we play ourselves. Oh, exactly. With ourselves. Exactly. Any other non-scale victories that you've had? Ever since I was overweight for the last couple of years, I had these, it's called petechiae in the nursing world. But what it is, is your capillaries because of pressure, I think from being overweight, little blood cells, it, it makes like, it looks like a rash, but it's not. Okay. It's the blood cells coming through the capillary walls and going into your showing up like a rash on your leg. The doctor one time told me, I said, well, why do I have these? And she goes, oh, it's because you're overweight. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so about two months ago, you know, if I wear dresses, I always wear dark nylons and don't really like to go bare legged because of it. But I just noticed about two months ago that all of a sudden it's gone. That's awesome. They're not there anymore. I mean, once in a while I'll get a couple, but they go away. But it's not like, on my whole shin, which looked really weird before. But yeah, they're gone now. And how long did you have those? Like, Well, probably for the last 10 years. Wow. That I couldn't never really, my weight never got low enough that I guess there's not the pressure on the veins anymore or whatever. But That's fabulous. Huge. Yes. What else? Obviously, more energy, lots more energy. I have to tell you, the first person that I ever told about fasting was my boss. She happened to notice that I was losing weight, which I hadn't really lost that much. And I said, oh yeah, I'm doing this new thing. And she goes, oh, what is it? And she's this petite thing, you know, last person in the world that probably ever needs to fast. I said- She does though, for health, she does. She does. For health. Well, for health, yes, she does. (laughs) Um, Yes, she does. And so I told her, I'm like, oh, you know, one of my girlfriends did that. She had, she, had 10 pounds she could never lose. She did daily fasting in order to get that last 10 pounds off. And so it's so funny. So she started fasting because she's like, I don't like having to eat breakfast in the morning. And she was finding she'd have a lot of energy. She'd have meetings in the morning. Just the other day, she told me she was really busy all day with lots of meetings and stuff. And she told me, she goes, you know, it's a good thing you taught me that fasting because I didn't have time to eat today. So I don't get that low blood sugar that happens if you don't eat. So she goes, I can go all day and have my snack at two o'clock and I'm good. And she doesn't feel the guilt because she knows it's healthy. Yes. You know, so many people would would find that they would naturally, especially the people who are, you know, naturally thin, right? That would would actually fast naturally without even knowing they were doing it. But they would feel an intense guilt because they thought what they were doing wasn't healthy. Because we had been, you know, brainwashed into thinking that it wasn't that you had to eat frequently. Now people can be like, okay, it is good for me. You know, my husband said the same thing about breakfast. You know, he used to eat breakfast because he thought he should. And once he started not eating breakfast, he felt so much better. better. Right. Mm-hmm. It's funny, her very first comment, and I didn't tell her this was a side effect of fasting, was she goes, you know what? All my inflammation is gone. Oh. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's one of the good things about it. It's like people feel like they're, inflammation that they have is decreased when they're fasting. And so she may not need it for weight loss, but it made her feel better with less inflammation. 
Yeah, it's the health plan with the side effect right. of weight loss. But if you don't need to lose weight, then you can find the eating window that allows you to maintain and still have the health benefits that you're looking for. That's what's so exciting. So you told your boss, do you tell everybody <laughs> in your in your daily life? Some people, you know, some people tell the world all the time, like at the checkout line. <laughs> yeah, well, I have put some posts on my Facebook so people know I do fasting. And when I first started it, my son would go, Mom, would you quit talking about fasting? <laughs> yeah. And then it's so funny through the COVID, he's a vendor. He sells parts to do the implants for the joint replacements. So they weren't doing any surgeries. So he was at home all the time. So he kind of gained a few pounds. So he goes, Mom. And how old is he? Uh, 35. Okay. <laughs> he goes, so Mom, how do I do this fasting? Love it. <laughs> and so he did lose. They have a Peloton bike at home too. So he really... His wife uses it. He really hasn't so much, but he started using the Peloton. And he, he, you know, he was a kid that was never a breakfast eater really anyway. So he just kind of quit eating breakfast and he tends to eat later in the day. But he's always been fairly thin. He's never, ever really had a weight problem. But he did get off about probably eight pounds that he wanted to. Awesome. You know. Yeah. Yeah, my son only had a weight problem, the, the older one. Right. He only had a weight problem. Well, both of them. Actually, this was true for both of my children. When they went off to college the freshman year, mm-hmm. they both gained a little bit of freshman belly. You know? Yes. <laughs> but they both did intermittent fasting to lose it. Neither of them really told me at the time that they were doing it, but then they told me later. But it was nice for them to have that tool. Right, exactly. That they're never going to have to struggle with their weight. Right. Again, yeah, that that's just the most amazing right. thing. Now, my daughter, I have a daughter too. Okay, and how old is she? She's a uh, thirty-one, and she's built like me. Tends to put weight on easily. So she started fasting. I told her about it. I gave her your book to read, and she listens to the podcast. And she's lost about thirty pounds. She has a oh, that's more to lose. And then her husband's doing it too. And um, see, because he, ha- he has some weight to lose. So they're both doing it. Both know that it's healthy for them. She kind of does with me. We found like a midday window works best. You know, I tried it first. I said, hey, you might want to try a midday window. I know you have a family that you need to eat dinner with, but you know, if you can do a midday window, I found it's really working for me. Now, I don't have a problem. My husband works evening shifts. so Okay, that's helpful. I have a midday window works fine. I do tend to move it for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And even on the weekends, we try to do our dinners like around four o'clock, so I'm not eating super late. So, and that's totally fine with him. He's really easy and we'll do whatever I say. That's fabulous. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that totally works. But he's doing intermittent fasting too. Right, so exactly. He understands the window. My husband is so funny with his. Yesterday, I opened my window with a salad. And I, it was like this chopped salad that I'd made the day before that had all this good stuff in it. And I was eating it. I'm like, you ready for this? He's like, my window's not open. It opens at five. But the funny part is, is that he, he has lunch. So, I mean, <laughs> he has two windows. <laughs> it's his own thing he that he does. He just closes it in the middle. <laughs> he closes it. That he, and I'm like, that's not really how it works, but okay. But he claims his window's closed. He doesn't eat between meals. <laughs> but that's a good thing. He's not snacking in between. No, he doesn't yeah. snack. He doesn't doesn't want to snack. But, I mean, he's like, I'm going to wait till 5. It was like 5 till 5 at this point. I'm like, okay, wait, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to do, do that. So he did. And then he had the salad. <laughs> well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew when you first got started? 
No, and I, I know you asked this question, so I've been thinking about it. One thing I really wish is, I wish this would have been available 20, 30 years ago. I'm finally really feeling good about myself and, and my weight loss. Definitely take pictures. Take pictures of your arms, your legs. I know my feet, my shoes from last summer, they're all loose now. I'm like, I'm going to have to buy new shoes because they're like got stretched out. Right. They might have went down like a half a size, but they're still kind of too loose to wear. So, I mean, yeah, take pictures. My face. I can't, I still can't get used to looking at myself in the mirror because I'm like, my jaw, I have a jaw again. <laughs> it's like, I feel my <laughs> jaw bones, which right. it's strange to me. I'm still getting used to looking at myself in the mirror. I'm glad that you have the photos because that really makes all the difference in the world. So everybody who's afraid to take the photos because oh, yeah. you don't like the way you look in photos, you're going to be so glad you have them. You know, and if you take them on your iPhone, you know there's a file there that you can hide the photos so nobody sees them, like if you're scrolling through your pictures. I actually didn't know that. I'm... Yes, there's a hide feature so you can hide them. That So if you're showing people pictures on your phone, they won't see those pictures. Oh, I didn't know. And then you go, is it like a separate folder that you can go I think to? It's... It's at the bottom of the photo okay. thing. Oh, so, well, that's a great tip. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, so you can have it hidden there. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, and also, though, I, I have this in, in my new book, Fast Feast Repeat. If you're going to take progress photos, take them wearing clothes you would let people see you in because you're going to want to share your progress photos. Right. And if you're wearing your underwear or if you're naked, <laughs> Kim I, knows. Kim's a moderator, so she sees what people try to share sometimes. I don't think I could be that brave. <laughs> Facebook doesn't allow nudity. But right. what's interesting is sometimes people themselves are not ashamed of posting nudity. <laughs> so we have to say, I'm sorry, Facebook does not allow this quite this much skin. Right. But, you know, take your progress photos wearing something. Like you could go to right. the beach in. That's right. just a little tip from Jen just, and from Kim. Right. I just have dresses that I wore like last year at this time. I put mm -hmm. that same dress on and it's two inches longer because I'm right. not stretching it out in the front. Even my necklaces hung differently on my neck. Yes. I have a photo that I recreated wearing a dress wearing a necklace and it looks like a much longer necklace. Right. I was like, the back of my neck must have been really chubby when I was, yeah. you know, I think it was. Or I had that circumference. fat pad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Kim, it has been great to talk to you and thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. I look forward to following your journey as it continues. Yeah, and it's going to continue. <laughs> it's going to. Yeah, it will. Well. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.